Today's show is brought to you by Wakeful Travel, the ceremony companion company working with conscious explorers, retreat centers, psychedelic clinics, and mindful product brands to provide tools that aid in transformation and self-exploration. Founder Janelle Dion just launched two Wakeful Travel journals on Kickstarter, one for macrodosing experiences and one for a six-week microdosing framework. These journals help to reflect your own wisdom back to you and help you put a plan in place for lasting change. Grab yours today through the link in the Psychedelic Spotlight show notes. Hello, 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 Psychedelic Spotlight podcast. It's your boy James here. We have another fantastic podcast episode for you today. Today on the channel, we have the wonderful Sina Maria. She used to be a tech entrepreneur uh, in Silicon Valley. She worked for Google, but eventually she decided that wasn't exactly what she wanted to do. And she gave that up to start her own microdosing company. So today we're going to talk about her company. We're going to talk about microdosing. We're going to talk about psychedelics in general, and I guess we'll see what else comes out. So we'll go ahead and put up on the screen now the wonderful Sina Maria. How are you doing today, Sina? Hi, I'm doing so good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Oh, and guys, just by the way, I'll give a quick shout out at the beginning. Also do it at the end. If you find this conversation uh, enlightening, you can always follow Sina on social media. On Instagram, it's Sina double underscore. Don't forget the double underscore. Sina double underscore Maria. We'll probably put that on the screen or something. And you can also visit her website. It's microdosingforresilience.com. Alrighty, with all of that good stuff out of the way, one more time, Sina, how are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, James. Me too. I'm excited to have you back. So a lot of people probably don't know this because we have a much larger platform now, but this is actually our second time talking. When Mm -hmm. we first started out our own channel, The Psychedelic Investor, we had you on. You were our very first guest, and I'm excited to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I guess right off the bat, let's get into it for people that maybe haven't heard of you before. Why don't you give us a little bit of a history of your own personal story? So who you are and how you came to be in the microdosing world. Yeah, thank you. So I was working at Google for about five years. I had a spiritual awakening, one would say, um, based primarily on my work with plant medicine. So I was working with cacao and I worked with ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms. And I I kind of went deep into the alternative healing world. And then I came back to the United States. I was traveling in Peru and Costa Rica and quit my job, just took a leap of faith. And then I came back to the United States and I had to kind of get back into society. I had to buy a car again, you know, get a cell phone figured out, just figure out what I was going to do for money. And I heard about microdosing. This was about four years ago. And I heard about microdosing and I was so curious about it because I knew the the potential of plant medicines for for really um, powerful healing journeys, but I had never heard of working with plants or fungi for you know a microdose. Mm-hmm. And so I started microdosing about four years ago and it really helped me kind of get back into society. And I was so passionate about it that I just started talking about it to friends and family and fast forward four Did years. Everybody look at you like you were a little bit crazy when you first started <laughs> talking about microdosing. Yeah, you know, I mean, some people are actually really open to it and mm-hmm. others were like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's it's kind of all over the map. Yeah, I know when I first started talking to people about psychedelics in general and microdosing in particular, they're like, ah, you're a crazy drug addict over there. They didn't realize <laughs> totally. there's a lot of 
potential benefits to these drugs, not only in like medical applications, but also your personal day-to-day life in microdosing, like we're talking about now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you left Google, you went on a trip to kind of find yourself a little bit, you came back, experienced and explored microdosing. And how did that lead to what you're doing now? I couldn't stop talking about it. And I eventually started helping people just, you know, kind of coaching them lightly through getting started with their own practice. And then I just started sharing about it online and now I'm doing webinars and I have group programs and it grew really organically because I just have felt the the huge shifts in my life and I continue to see how it impacts people in such a positive way. Okay, so let's say that I'm somebody that wants to start experimenting with microdosing and I find your website, themicrodosingforresilience.com and I reach out to you, I send you an email or sign up for a form or whatever. What are the first steps? Like, what do we talk about? What do we uh, discuss and how do we get started? Yeah. So if you want to do one-on-one work with me, I would, you know, there's, I call it a microdosing activation session. So it's, it's 30 minutes and I'm trying to just give you the foundations of everything you need to know. I can't provide you mushrooms, unfortunately, because it's not legal to buy or sell yet, but I, I kind of make sure that you have all the specifics as far as dosing protocols, tracking, journaling to to chart your progress, getting clear on your intentions. Um, So I just kind of guide people through that specific to what they're going through and answer any questions that they may have. So that's fantastic. I also feel like this would be a great time to put in a little disclaimer that the channel does not condone the use of illegal drugs. This is for entertainment uh, purposes only. Uh, Yeah. But other than that, you can continue. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the other, the other, you know, pieces that I have, I really like group programs. So I just led my first round of the microdosing activation program, which was a 30 day container with a group of about 20, I think we had 21 people. And what I love about this is I always encourage people give microdosing at least a 30 day try to really get to know it and kind of understand how it works. Cause it's not gonna, you know, it takes, it takes time and effort to, to work along with it. Um, and so it was 30 days and then people got to ask questions and learn from each other, which was really powerful. Okay. So let's say I sign up for this 30 day program. I've never microdosed before, never touched psychedelics before. I want to learn about it. I've reached out to you. You pointed me towards this program. We signed up now. So how, how does it work? Am I taking it every day? Is it just, uh, I'm doing taking capsules or like, what is the process of how actually microdosing works? Yeah. So you would, you know, if you signed up for the program, we would have our opening call, which would give you all the specifics, all the foundations. So I would, I would go, I go through, you know, you could, you can make your own capsules and this is how you would do that. You could, um, you know, you could just put powder in your tea or your smoothie. So I kind of go through the, the different options for ingestion. I go through the different ingredients you take, but essentially when you're microdosing, you're going, a protocol of let's say four days on three days off it's important to have those breaks and like i said for at least 30 days and you're taking about 0.1 gram of psilocybin in your daily microdose it, it varies for people but that's that's like an, a very general overview so why is it important that i continue for at least 30 days why not just do it for a week and be like okay that's enough i i've experienced this 
Right. Because, because it's a microdose, it's a very small amount. Like if you actually look at the powder on a scale, 0.1 grams is a very small amount. So the way that I like to share about it is think about it as a vitamin or like a little brain food supplement, and you're just giving small amounts every day. And so it does, it is cumulative over time. And, um, you know, because it's a small amount, I do get people that do it for a couple of days and they're like, I don't feel anything. This isn't working you know, I'm over it. And I really encourage that 30 day because it is subtle enough where you may not think it's working, but over an extended period of time, you might notice some shifts. So the benefits are accumulated, accumulative, essentially. Um, So how do you track your progress? Yeah. So I use a journal um, and I usually will write down my dose and you know, if it's day three on, you know, I track where I am in my cycle. I also like to put it on my calendar to make it really easy to remember like microdose day. So I don't forget. Um, and then at least a little chunk of journaling at the end of the day, just to, you know, reflect a bit on what my experience was. I find that's really helpful. For sure. For sure. Um, so we're in this program, we've done it for 30 days. We're journaling, we're taking your protocol is four days on three days off. What do you think are some of the expected benefits of this? Like after the 30 days, how should I be feeling? Do you think? Yeah. So, you know, I would say the top five benefits of microdosing. um, I love how Dr. Jim, James Fadiman describes it. He, from his anecdotal studies that he's done with over, you know, thousands of people, you feel less sad and more glad. So it works with depression. It works with the mood pathways. Um, makes it 10 times better. You can remember it. Yep. Um, I do, you know, I hear from people, not everyone feels this, but there are people that feel, they tell me they feel like themselves again. Like they feel like myself after years of not feeling like myself. Um, you're, you can build new habits. So that's the thing that we focus on in the program is building new habits in your life because working with psilocybin builds, um, new connections, new neural connections in your brain. Um, so habits you're talking about, maybe things like wanting to be healthier or exercising, eating properly, journaling, obviously those type of little yep. things that are good for both your physical and mental health on top of the microdosing itself. Exactly. And it's important to microdosing isn't a magic pill. You can't just pop it and not change anything in your life. You know, <laughs> you have to work with it, you know, change I other promised habits. a magic pill that would fix all of my issues. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> But um, yeah, I feel like that's a super important point that you're hitting on there. The fact that it isn't a magic pill, that you still have to do work. It's just something that can help you along this journey of self-improvement. Yep, absolutely. So I'm sorry, you were on an awesome riff talking about your top five benefits, and I totally cut you off. So please continue. Yeah, so we have depression, we have, you know, habits and new neural connections, Um, creativity and focus. So you may have heard of Silicon Valley you know, employees microdosing to help them with their software uh, engineering or whatever. Um, You can kind of get in the zone and feel more in flow with your work or with your art or even your exercise. Um, It helps you connect to nature. So a lot of people notice that the the trees are just a little, they notice the trees more, you know, there's, there's more presence when you're walking around where normally you may not 
stop and notice a tree, but there's just a little more, the senses are a teeny bit heightened, which kind of brings some more joy and sparkle into your day. Yeah. You, you um, see like the beauty of things that you don't necessarily see. There's a famous quote, I forget who it's from, but it was essentially along the lines of there's nothing more beautiful than a tree. Like of all the artwork in the world, there's nothing more beautiful than a tree. And I feel like when you're on a substance like psilocybin, it just really highlights that sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. And so you're not, with a microdose, you're not necessarily like running over and hugging trees or having a conversation with trees, but you might you'll probably notice it and just be like, wow, it's a really beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one is, uh, you know, it helps with anxiety. And I think what, why it does that, one of the reasons that it does that is it can help people feel more comfortable in their bodies. So it feel, you can just feel more, less, less anxious, like mental energy and more in your body, more safe in your physical body. That's amazing. Have you ever, um, and uh, obviously you don't have to talk about who the person is or whatever, but I'm just curious if you've ever dealt with people in your practice that have said that like, look, I'm depressed or I've got like a lot of anxiety. And have you mm -hmm. talked to anybody that that either helped or it didn't help with, uh, or have you really not experienced that yet with anybody you've dealt with? Yeah, I would say definitely people with depression and anxiety. I mean, the ones that have really stuck out for me are people that are struggling with addiction. Okay. And, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I think with addiction, you know, I'm not an expert in addiction treatment, but there have been people that have started microdosing and kind of taken their path in their own hands. And they've naturally found that they're less inclined to drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes. Um, so that's a really powerful one. You know, there are, if people are having extreme like treatment resistant depression or crazy panic attacks, or just, just really needing a lot of support, I wouldn't necessarily say microdosing is going to help right off the bat. I think there are, you know, other things to do along with it that For are people probably the best solution would be to seek medical help first Absolutely. and foremost, and maybe yeah. somehow down the future, we can integrate uh, microdosing into that type of regime. But if you are kind of at the end of your rope, probably it's best to seek professional help first. Right. Yep. So did we get through your top five or do you have a couple left there? Uh, I think we got through them. Awesome, could, awesome, yeah. awesome. So let's shift gears a little bit here for a moment. So we've talked about microdosing specifically. Why don't we widen the scope of the conversation to psychedelics in general and specifically what you think is kind of missed from the conversation in psychedelics. So just to give a little bit of a background, as most people that are watching this right now probably know, I focus mostly on the investing side of psychedelics and then also sometimes the science side dig digging into different studies but there's a lot of conversation especially happening now in mainstream media etc so i'm just wondering what you think is missing from that conversation yeah i love this question i think it's important for people to know and hold and like remember um that psychedelics have been used as a sacrament by humans for since the beginning of human time basically you know there are some people that believe that mushrooms have been on the planet for a billion years um and so it's you know i think we've evolved alongside a lot of these natural plant medicines and there are many indigenous cultures still today that use them as a sacrament so you know in our modern culture it's a schedule one substance in the United States. It's illegal. It's, you know, it's, it's 
a lot of people are scared to use these medicines, but there's many people in the world. And I would guess like all of our ancestors and some part of our lineage have worked with a psychedelic substance. And there are, you know, there's a book called the immortality key. That's fascinating about ancient psychedelic, um, you know, sacrament, right, like rites of passage and ceremonies. And so, you know, I just, at, in our modern society, especially in, we're talking about investing and biotech companies synthesizing their own versions of, of psychedelics, um, I just try and hold the kind of grounded remembrance of like, we all have this in our, in our history. This isn't, this isn't new. Psychedelics are part of our collective heritage, I guess would be. Yes, well said. I actually, well, I didn't read that book, but I watched the author on a podcast and it was just absolutely fascinating. Just kind of the idea. And I don't think this is natively his idea. He borrowed it from somewhere else, but the, kind of stoned ape or stone chimp theory that a lot of yeah. our evolution can be at least in part pointed to uh, our experimentation as a species with psychedelics, I find is a fascinating idea. And if that is true, and I mean, it's a big if, it's an unprovable, like it's a good idea, but it's unprovable in either direction. But if it's true, then we could really kind of classify the current, uh, the current situation around psychedelics is kind of a renaissance or a refinding what perhaps our ancestors already knew about the healing benefits of some of these substances. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I, that's why I'm so excited. You know, we're doing it in our own way, but psychedelics are, are coming back to the kind of the forefront. And I think uh, that's really good for us collectively. For sure, for sure. And there's actually like really two different streams, or at least I think there should be two different streams when talking about uh, the changing cultural standards around psychedelics. One is the medical. And mm-hmm. I do think that in general, our system is probably pretty good. Maybe we need to tweak it a little bit here and there, but the idea of having these very controlled trials to figure out what works and what doesn't work, weed out like all the types of biases, like placebo effect. Yep. But then there's also the kind of cultural and and societal area and like which is why i'm a huge proponent of both decriminalization and also legalization just straight up legalizing a lot of these substances and i right. think that at times that part of the conversation gets left out we focus wholly on these biopharma companies and don't right. talk about you know maybe if somebody a grown adult who is acting of their own volition wants to take a few grams of mushrooms and see what the experience of an altered consciousness is like then that person should have the right to do it and who is the government to be like no you're not allowed to decide what goes in your own body it's kind of ridiculous when you right especially given that you can go out and forage psilocybin mushrooms you know they're naturally occurring you could just go find one and pop it in your mouth so Hmm. yeah i completely agree with you i think um, I think both and, you know, I, I'm excited about the the clinical trials and the biotech companies and having a more controlled approach because I think that's going to make it more accessible for many people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, you know, the medicine people, the 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 curanderas, you know, the the elders that have been holding ceremonies for people to heal with this medicine, like they should be able to do that too. For sure, for sure. Have you ever done a ceremony with a shaman or any other type of, uh, I guess, elder, whatever you want to use? Absolutely, yeah. I've uh, I've worked with peyote with the viracuta. Um, it's the, sorry, the 
Wica Rica. I knew I said that wrong. It's the Huichol people of Mexico. Okay. Um, so that's a fire ceremony where you sit outside. And I've also sat with ayahuasca with Shipibo, my just to kind of round out this conversation, because I find it extremely interesting, why don't we just yeah. uh, zone in to one of these experiences that you had and just kind of explain what it was like, like the setting, the set, what you felt, like how many people were there, that type of thing. Yeah, I'll talk about, um, oh gosh, there's so much I could say. Okay, the, so the peyote ceremony, um, it was with elders that that travel you know they came up from mexico um they're weechel people if you want to google the weechel people they have beautiful outfits and they do the the very colorful beautiful intricate beading beadwork um and so their tradition is we had there's probably 30 people there it was kind of a larger ceremony but we were around a fire we were outside we started at night and you go all the way through the morning um and they're you know, they, they serve the medicine in a ceremonial way. They gave you, um, they also gave you cacao beans to, to have with the medicine. They do prayers over the medicine. And then you're kind so of on a your bonfire happening. And is there any like music in the background or like drums or anything? This one, there was not music, okay. um, by the, the space holders, but there, there were times where people could share a song or share their own music. So there was some music, um, but it wasn't like traditional music mm -hmm. by them. Um, but they did, you know, so you'd have times of just kind of sitting and they, they view the fire as kind of the shaman. And so when you're on in an altered state of consciousness, you can kind of have these these visual interactions with the fire. Heck, even um, if you're not in an altered state of consciousness, I just totally. love staring into a bonfire sometimes. So I totally understand how- It's an ancient, ancient, you know, primal human connection, I think. Um, so that was, a lot of the ceremony was doing that. And then they would have everyone stand up. I don't know how many times we did this, probably like 10 at least. They would have everyone stand up, which can sometimes be hard if you're in a really, you know, different experience. You're like, oh, I can't, I don't know how to get up. But they have you stand up and then they would all with their their feathers and I don't remember what else they had, but they would come and do like blessings and clearings and they had some incense. Um, and they would basically just like bless you and clear you and go all the way around the circle. Um, and they did that multiple times throughout the ceremony. And then in the morning to close, um, we did some more kind of like blessings and prayers and um it was so beautiful it was a really beautiful experience so were you on like a full-on hardcore psychedelic experience here or it was more like a lower level mine was kind of in between honestly i um i vomited a lot of what i took up and so i didn't ha i wasn't so so far gone mm -hmm. um so yeah, I was, I was kind of in between. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And a lot of people were. <laughs> <laughs> and just to round it out, um, how did you feel like the day and days and maybe month afterwards? Did you feel any different? Was there any sort of integration that you took from that period? Yeah, it was a really, um, there was some deep, deep healing that happened. I was actually there with my partner and we had a, a pretty big, um, you know, situation arise through that ceremony that was really good for us. And so we had a lot of conversations after the ceremony and um, it really, it really kind of cleared out a lot of kind of stuck energy that we had that, you know, carried on through this day. You know, we made a lot of mm -hmm. uh, 
of changes. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Maybe in the future one day, we'll have legalized psychedelic couples therapy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That'll be powerful, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think that that is a great way to kind of cap off this interview. Thank you so much for being on the channel. And for everybody that's listening at home, again, you can find more out about Sina's business at microdosingforresilience.com. And you can check her out on Instagram at Sina double underscore. So Sina underscore underscore Maria. Uh, do you have any closing remarks, Sina? Oh, um... No, just thank you so much for having me. And I, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. So if people want to shoot me a message here or on Instagram, um, I would be so happy to support. Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.